celebrating female role models across our community, live from Thomas Carr College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Be Like Her Live on TCC Live. Welcome everyone, live from Thomas Carr College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Be Like Her Live on TCC Live. My name is Ruhani and my co-hosts today are captains here at the college, Abin, Brianna and Georgia. Our special guest today is Miss Ivanka Spatiri, who is the Deputy Principal here at the School for Student Engagement and Wellbeing. Uh, hi Ivanka, Hello. how are you and welcome to the show. I'm really well and thank you for having me here, appreciate it. <laughs> That's um, So we'll start off, so we know that you're the Deputy Principal here at the college, um, so you're in charge of student well-being and engagement and what does that entail and what is that on like a day-to-day basis? So my role is to make sure that every student here at the college is able to flourish so to become the best version of themselves Um, and to make sure that we've got structures and processes and that we have people trained up and a culture that encourages us to be our best. Um, We need to make sure that we engage in good mental health practice, in that we have good relationships with our young people and that we offer a breadth of programs so that everybody has something that they can connect with and learn and grow through. And most importantly, that you're all safe and you're healthy and that you're happy here at school. Definitely. So what do you like about this job and what makes you want to pursue it for the rest of your career? Well, for me, I've always, I was really lucky as a young student that I had some great teachers who um, really had an impact and made a difference in my life. I had, um, you know, some trauma as a child, lots of, you know, post-war family. So that was, you know, difficult at times, but really beautiful and rich at other times and I had teachers that recognised that but they could also see in me a lot of potential and they helped to nurture that and I think just having that experience then wanted um, encouraged me to want to be the same and to offer those opportunities for young people through life um, and I really love what I do. I've been doing it for 34 years. Wow. Yeah. I know. Wow. <laughs> I've been paid to do it for 34 years. But I actually started teaching when I was about 15. I used to teach Sunday school. Oh, that's great. With yeah. the local parish, yeah. yeah. That's so great. And then um, made it my life's career. Oh, and I've great. loved every minute of it. Yeah. So you've obviously worked in this career for such a long time. What? Have you achieved so far in this role as the deputy principal? And do you have any aspirations for what you actually want to achieve in the future while you have this role? So I was really lucky to come to a school that has such a beautifully rich, diverse cultural um, community, Um, a bunch of young people who are vibrant and enthusiastic and joy-filled and hope-filled and um, a staff that is really, really committed to the future of these young people. Mm -hmm. So I've come to fertile ground, so to speak. (laughs) Um, And what I hope we can achieve together as a community is um, a place where everybody, again, can flourish and grow and become their individual best, but also to work together as a community, that we stay connected. You hear me saying, you know, we're your second family. This, We are Thomas Carr. We are one. We're together. Yeah. And I really believe that, that, you know, we can do so much on our own, but we can do so much more together. And I think we can be game changers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. certainly. Yeah. I really love your enthusiasm. It's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Did you have to adapt and acquire a particular mindset to pursue such high position in this role? Because I can really feel your, um, oh, I don't know how to say this, but 
your enthusiasm and your love for this job and it really comes through in what you do and I'm like really excited that I can work with you in this oh, last year. That's beautiful. Thank that you. That means so much oh, to me. Thank you. <laughs> so what's my mindset? Yeah. Well, my mindset is always one of hope and optimism yeah. and that I've learnt to develop over the years because you can um, develop a an optimistic, a positive mindset. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean I don't have bad days and I don't get grumpy. I got grumpy earlier on today <laughs> and all those sorts of things. That still happens mm. but I'm able to then shift that and come back to well, what's good about today. So oh, I have yeah. a mindset of optimism, of hope and of gratitude. Um, gratitude is really important because that then creates more hope and optimism. So, mm. you know, it's important to be grateful for the good things in your life and not mm. to just focus on yeah. the negative. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we know very um, a lot about you, about like how proud you are from where you come from. Um, so would you care to enlighten us and everyone listening about your origin story and where you're from? Yeah, well, I'm a Westie, so I'm a Western Suburbs girl <laughs> through and through. I grew up um, in first in West Footscray and then I went to Brooklyn and then we went to Sunshine. Mm, and I always right. say Southwest Sunshine, very mm. proud of my... <laughs> background. Um, Southwest Sunshine was a place where um, a number of RAFI, uh, RAAF, so Air Force families mm. yes. would live oh, yes. right. and a yeah. number of housing commission mm. and yeah. um, also lots of people who were very working class and so yeah. that was my family. My mum was mm. a welder in a factory and my dad was a labourer for Melbourne Water and then he went on to become a maintenance man for them. Um, so we you know, financially, we didn't have a lot, but we had a lot in that. I had a roof over my mm, head. Definitely. My parents yeah. sent yeah. me to the best school they could, which was mm. Marion College in West Sunshine. Oh, yeah. And then I went so to Chisholm awesome. College in Braybrook for year Love 11 that. and 12. Um, and then I went to University of Melbourne and I was one of the ah. very few students in Southwest Sunshine who went and did that. So I was very, I'm very proud that you should be, my yes. family yeah. was able to support yeah. me in that. What too. an accomplishment as well. Thank That's you. Great. So, yeah. So do you believe that all these experiences that you've just mentioned have like shaped who you are today? Absolutely. Yep. There's no doubt about it. Your experiences can create who you are mm. or they can be a barrier to who you are and that's where your mindset comes in and you make a choice about well is this a barrier or is this a challenge that I need to overcome and what can I draw from it what strength can I draw from that what capacity can I draw from that Mm -hmm. so that's that took me a long time and a couple of really good people along the way so like I said good teachers um, good mentors good friends good acquaintances Mm -hmm. good colleagues and then Again, good teachers when I went to uni and all that of sort course. of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned all these mentors. You have all these supportive teachers. Was there any specific role model you had while growing up or entering the workplace even that inspired you to pursue your career the way you did? Absolutely. Well, my mum. And I think mums are, you know, always somebody's mentor. But my mum's a pretty strong woman and uh, she's pretty amazing. She left home at 13, 14, wow. started wow. work because really? yes. they were really poor and mm-hmm. um, came to Australia when she was 25 and, you know, worked really hard but was also involved in the community, was very engaged in my upbringing, um, always encouraged me to be open and honest about my um, emotions and my feelings and my reactions and responses yeah. but to be focused on 
being positive and optimistic and reaching out and helping others, hence my Sunday school teaching at the age of 15. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, so my mum definitely. But then when I moved into education or actually when I was in year eight, Sister Bridget Arthur, whom uh, some, may, some people may know, she was my principal as a student and then my first principal as a teacher and she was incredibly inspirational in, right. in, and formative in who I am as an educator today. So did she actually inspire you to get this role as a deputy principal now? Yep. Well, she's been in my life the whole time. Oh, wow. So since so I was about 12 years yeah. old, which is great. Wow, nice. Um, and she has always encouraged me to be a strong leader. And the Bridgetine sisters who um, – were formative in who I am as a person. They are very much about women in leadership and they have they empower and continue to empower women so that we can um, not only bring our gifts but actually shape the future in a proactive way. Oh, okay. Talking about your role models, uh, Miss Fatiri has these amazing earrings on today and I really want her to talk about them to the audience today. And accidentally wore them I know, today. I know, we were talking about it, yeah. <laughs> How serendipitous. Um, <laughs> so it's the not now, not not ever speech from um, uh, Julia Gillard, the misogyny speech, the famous mm. one. I think it had an anniversary. Yes. Was it yesterday or the day before? Um, and she got up and tackled the endemic misogyny that she's had to face and I think it just all came out in that one speech and I remember hearing that and just fist pumping and, and going this <laughs> so is the amazing. speech and I played it for all my students and I'm going listen to the words here let's go through the transcript this is really powerful and you know it was one of those pivotal moments and it's actually it's not a, it wasn't TikTok that made it sensational it was actually <laughs> the speech itself yes. that, oh yeah yeah it's and so people all around the world know this speech of you know what I will not no longer be told how to be, you know, mm. how to lead. I will mm. no longer be second class. And I think that that's what I'm really, I was inspired by. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely powerful mm. for yes. all these yeah. young women to hear. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And I think for my, you know, I love all of my students, but I have to acknowledge that women have, um, millennia of um, oppression that we still are trying to break through. Yeah, that is so true. Yes. yes. And that's not to diminish the, the good men that no. surround us. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Been, and you. I think that that's important <laughs> that we say that too, that I think that um, when I was director of the boys' campus at um, Caroline Chisholm, I came in with a Wise Guys program and it was about, you know, getting moving the boys away from being misogynistic, mm. particularly mm. to our female teachers. And... Um, it was, you know, some of the boys were quite threatened by that. Some of the families were threatened by that, you know. How can you tell us, you know, that we're not good men? And I said, well, that's not Fair what enough. we're saying. We're saying that good men need to come together and be allowed mm. a voice. They need to mm. be allies. But let the women lead the way yeah. in how we want our future to be. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Don't don't mansplain it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on TCC Live, live from Thomas Carr College in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Ruhani and my co-hosts today are Abin, Brianna and Georgia. And our special guest today is Deputy Principal of Student Engagement and Wellbeing here at Thomas Carr College, Miss Ivanka Spiteri. So do you believe that you were supported in your life and workplace after having children? 
Well, again, I was really lucky. I was at Marion College at the time, mm-hmm. which is a Bridgetine school. So yeah. yes is the answer to that. Great. Um, and I had a male principal, uh, Mr. Jared Stafford, who was a father of four children, mm-hmm. and he was quite revolutionary in that. So um, after maternity leave, I went back. We had a mortgage to pay and bills to pay. Yes. So, you know, the two of us mm-hmm. had to work to do that. And then when my um, eldest daughter was starting grade prep and my youngest one was in kindergarten, I it was like, how am I going to juggle this? How yeah. am I going to get, you know, these kids all over the place? It's so difficult, yeah. So my principal said, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, really, I just want to take a year off just to – and he said, well, can you do it? And I said, well, it might be a bit tight financially. And he said, you know what, take the year off. Whenever you need to come back, if you need to come back, come back. I'll take – I'll put you back in the classroom. I took the year off and when I came back, he gave me six months – to develop programs to support students. We had a lot of students with high needs and lots of vulnerabilities mm. and um, and that's what I did for six months. So I worked in grief support, I worked in student leadership. Yep. It was pretty powerful and that was, you know, and then both my girls were in primary school and they went to the primary school next door. So I was able to have them in my homeroom in mm. the morning and then they would off, they would trot through the gate. St. Paul's. At St. Yeah. Paul's. Oh, I went there as well. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. So they would trot in there and then I'd wave to them at the gate and then oh. at the end of the day they'd trot back through the gate and come back into my homeroom. And they'd sit in the um, in meetings, they'd down the back doing their little drawings or whatever. And one year um, I was part-time and I had to teach you, I was teaching you 12 English and the timetable was such that I had one period on a Wednesday period one. And... Um, Jared Stafford, my boss, said, look, just bring the girls in. I'll look after them. And I said, look, if it's okay, they can just sit in the back of the room. Don't worry, you're busy. And they sat in the back of the room. Every Wednesday, period one, they'd be in the English class. And so when the Year 12s had their Year 12 photo, you'll see my girls sitting at the front. Oh, they were horrible. honorary Year 12 students oh, that year. I'm so glad you had that So before. I was lucky. However, not the experience of every woman. Mm, yes. That's true. And not the yes. experience of every teacher either. No. Not every school was as mm. forward-thinking as the Bridgetine nuns. So I was in the right place at the right time, basically. So glad. Yeah. So you managed to handle your setback, oh, coming back from maternity leave really well. Mm. And do you often struggle with balancing personal life and work life? Oh, I think every person does. But I think every person who works in a school really does because we carry our children with us and it's yeah. you, our students, Um so balancing that, my family, <laughs> I, I laugh because, you know, my future son-in-law has, has said to me, all right, Ivanka, what's the story today? <laughs> I've always got a story, you know. I, I de-identify, I never mention names, but I just go, I've had this kid today. And he'll go, right, who is it this time? Is it the Department of Justice? Is it Child Protection? Oh is it, what is it today? What's the drama today? Mm. Um and so I think as educators, our families are a part of that as well. Oh, yeah, we definitely. Don't, there's very little separation sometimes, which is not always very healthy, but we work at that. We work at that, mm. that push and pull that oh, we yeah. have. Right. Yeah. You, are, you, know, you notice that you're very lucky in what support you've been given mm. over the years, right? But it is true that other places don't have this support. Uh, do you think there's an actual stigma that women are neglecting their work by choosing their family and choosing to focus more on their family than their work? I'm nodding vigorously here. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and that's that's the challenge that women 
have. Um, it's the, the bulk of raising a family still falls on female shoulders. Um, that is shifting but only slightly. I think there was a study done recently and it said that if a woman um, has a baby, they, it usually takes them nine to ten years to financially catch up with what they've missed out mm. on. Mm. Which a is a bit of a setback as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a huge yeah. – uh, that ten Horrible. years. That career progress yeah. in and comparison I mean, to like the men. men. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You think about these men, they just continue on mm. that trajectory. Yeah. My eldest daughter is um, a chemical engineer at Coca-Cola. Really? Yeah. That is so cool. That's I so know, cool. She's so inspiring that. as well. That's my brag for the day. Yeah. <laughs> my youngest one is brag worthy as well, but that's okay. Anyway, so um, she – She's getting married at the end of the year and I know for her the decision whether they have children or not is going to be a huge one mm, because yeah. that will be a stop in her trajectory. She's already gone up the corporate ladder, so to speak, and she's still got a fair way to go. But there's that – it's not the glass ceiling, it's that – you know, I don't even know, that baby ceiling that we have. Mm, Once yeah. we get there, we kind of – we're Plateau. stuck. Yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. really unfair. Mm-hmm. And I know it doesn't have to be like that because my experience was different. I came back part time after having the babies. I was head of faith at a Catholic school. Oh, yeah. And I was part time. Yeah. I was head of English. I was a year 10 leader. I had all of these leadership capacities mm. and opportunities. So it can happen. But yeah. workplaces have to be flexible enough to say, yes. You can do your job part-time. You can share your job with another person. Mm. We can have three job we can have two jobs shared over three people. There's we've got to think about the workplace in a different way yeah. and those structures in a different way. Definitely. Yeah. So we're nearing the end of our session today, but do you have any final words of wisdom for young women aspiring to be like you? On don't be like me, be like you, <laughs> I would say. And that's that's the key. You've got to be who you are and Definitely. never apologise for who you are. I mean, I think we women are very good at saying, oh, I, I say I'm sorry all the time and people say, yes. what are you sorry for? Well, Same. I don't know, I just can't <laughs> say it. Yeah. So be unapologetic. Better to ask for forgiveness and permission. Yes. Be strong, be who you are and you can, whatever you wish to attain, don't feel like you have to be the corporate CEO or that you have to be the principal of a school. If that's what you're happy doing, then do it, you know, and share yes. the load of parenthood mm. with your partner. It's not just your load on your own. Share the load of raising a family, of being a family. That's really important that you ask for that to happen. Yeah. You know, you don't ex- you don't just sit there and say, well, my job only. No, it's our job. Yeah, mm. yeah. brilliant words. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so that's all we have time for today. Uh, we'd just like to thank you, um, Ivanka. Thank it's you, been a great pleasure talking to you today. Um, you. So live from Thomas Carr College in Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to Be Like Her live on TCC Live. My name is Ruhani and my co-hosts today were Abin, Brianna and Georgia. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have found the information today useful. Until next time and have a great day. See ya. (laughs) Celebrating female role models across our community, live from Thomas Carr College in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on TCC Live. (laughs) 